0: Welcome, everyone, to episode number—I did it again, Cajun. Did it again. Did it again. I forgot. What episode is it, Cajun? Polar Opposites. I'm Spencer Byers alongside Cajun Thiru Thani Kasselam, and we're here again for Polar Opposites. Missed a week. uh, Busy last week. Myself and actually L.A. as well as we missed the outrage as well last week. He and I were doing a ball hockey tournament and Cajun was busy doing sports net stuff. So we just hadn't hadn't had the chance to link up last week. But back together again here on this lovely, lovely Tuesday afternoon and here to talk about some more ball Cajun. It's episode five. Episode number five. See, I, I, I knew I was going to forget. I keep, you know. Episode this of The Outrage, episode this of, of Polar Opposites. You know, I'll keep asking me when I'm going to stop saying the numbers. I think I should start because I keep forgetting them. But anyway, you know, but big episode, Cage. And because we missed a week, we have two weeks of content to cover. And I think the first one we have to cover, Cage, without even trying to intro anything else. WNBA All-Star Game. I ended up sleeping through it. as I've been sleeping through a lot of things recently. But the one thing I didn't sleep through was the three-point contest. And oh my goodness, am I happy I didn't. Because what a three-point contest it was. You know, you don't exactly expect, you know, when you watch the WNBA skills comp and and then the three-point competition that you're going to see something historic. And then Mm -hmm. you do when, I believe I'm going to pronounce this last name right. I was going to check before I started, but I'm 99% sure I've got this right. It's Sabrina Ionoski, I I believe is how you pronounce it, right? Ionoski? Inescu, Inescu, you know what? I knew I was going to mess that up, too, and I remember I remember hearing because I watched her when she played at Oregon, and I'm a big fan of her. So Inescu, mm-hmm. she broke the record for WNBA, and I believe broke the NBA record, if, if there is one, for three. I think it was for, 31. It was 31. For score in the three-point contest, Sabrina had 37 of a possible 40 points. She missed two shots the entire run. And obviously wins three-point competition by a wide landslide in the the last round. And, oh, my goodness, Cajun, I watched it live. And I watched the first round, and I was like, I don't think she's going to win. You know, uh, I believe it's Whitecomb had a a great first round. She had 28 Whitcomb, pardon me. She had 28 from the Seattle Storm. I was like, I think she's probably going to win it. She had a really nice jumper. And then Sabrina— 37 in the second round. Again, missed two shots. One money ball and one one-pointer. Hit both. And it
1: was the balls. first one.
0: Yeah, and she and she hit the two, I want to say they're called splash balls. The ones the star, from. Star well, starry balls. The starry balls that are from an, like, they're two shots from, like, the basically elbows, but they're, like, like I'll say the heart. Uh, in the Alabama system under Nate Oates, they're called the hardened spots from, like, way deep. And she hit both of them and then hit missed one one-pointer and one money ball to go 37 out of 40, which is absolutely ridiculous. She then called out Steph Curry for a three-point comp during the offseason, which I would be here for, Cajun. I'd be here for it. Now, again, but I don't think Sabrina would win it. I don't think Sabrina would win. But with that kind of performance, I mean, hard to bet against her, Cajun.
1: It was otherworldly, and I was just like watching through this again, like just about a couple of minutes ago. I'm like, do you realize how dialed in you have to be to hit 37? Like, you're not hearing, like, you're you you you're not hearing noise. You, you got to tune out the outside noise and just before it, and it's, and it's just you and the bucket. You realize have to like with so many fans standing up and cheering and like screaming and all that. You realize have to you, how you have to be like locked in to have a performance like that. And we've been spoiled to seeing this over the years with guys like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, but Sabrina Unescu, man. Uh, she said, "Don't forget about." Me. She said, "Don't forget, about, don't forget about me." And I think. A performance like this, it it's really refreshing to see. It's really refreshing because it it just brings about attention to the WNBA, not only to the WNBA, but women's basketball in a positive manner. And a three point shootout between Steph and Sabrina.
0: That that's that's pay per view right there. And my favorite part about what you just said, Caitlin, and it's something I want to bring up too. It's how the positive news. It's not negative news, not, you know, a girl not hitting one or not hitting a lot. Like, she basically went perfect. As good as I think you'll ever get. Like, I don't think Steph Curry will ever go perfect in a three-point competition. I bet you he could. You give him a crack, Steph Curry's gonna go perfect one time. But I, I, you know, I, see, I don't I don't want to bet against Steph, because he what, might actually do that. Exactly, right? Like it's it's you know, you don't want to say he couldn't, because obviously he could, but you know, two cracks at it. You get two chances. There's no like, oh, you know, have five or six chances. You, she got two chances. She had one. She had two rounds. And if she didn't win the first one, she would have been done. She wouldn't have shot. Would not have hit enough to make it out of the first round. She would not have got the chance to hit the 37 out of 40. She would not have the mm-hmm. chance, right? So yeah. not only showing that she kind of warmed up and then hit the 37 out of 40, missing two shots in her entire round, you know, like. And again, we've never seen that. Like, we've seen some great performances in, in the men's in, in the men's rank. You know, Larry Bird wearing the warm up, winning the competition, you know, hitting the last money ball to win it in the warm up, the warm up uh, sweater he was wearing over his jersey, right? Like, that's iconic. But he didn't, he didn't go with 37 for 40. Like, mm-hmm. he, he, was, he didn't hit that many. Larry Bird's an all time great three point shooter, not thinking anything away from a Boston Celtics legend. But, I don't think we've ever seen someone do this like that before, and mm-hmm. I was so excited to talk about this last week because again, I watched this. I watched it in real time, wrote it down in my notes on my computer. I ran and grabbed it because I couldn't believe what I was watching. Because I watched her do this, and I went, you know, poor poor uh, Whitcomb who went after her because she had the best first round, dropping 28 compared to Sabrina's 26. Literally, like, how do you compare? She had 20, she had 24 points in her in her last round. And it you wasn't know?
1: even a bad score
0: either. Yeah, which which was the second best score of the night. Well, 30 if you include Sabrina's first round, but second best of the third round. Second best of any other player other than her and Sabrina. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't even compare it, right? Like, you know, it, it's so ridiculous to think about a player hitting 37 out of 40, especially when I'm going last. Like, you had to hit thirty seven. You know, she had to hit that number. She was, she was going to lose that was, you know, with a player behind her, knowing that Whitcomb had to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's even more ludicrous that she didn't have to hit that score. She just kept, you know, draining them absolute automatic. And it just shows that, you know, yeah, the NBA has got a lot of skill, but WNBA got some skill too. like, don't, you know, not trying to compare the ball or anything, but there are a lot of skilled girls, a lot of scared, a lot of skilled women in the WNBA. Uh, and and they this might their flowers. Be,
1: and this and this might be a hot take in terms of this. I think they're more skilled and fundamental than NBA players.
0: Oh, well, fundamental for sure. I like, don't know no doubt about that. Fundamental easy, yeah. The the fundamental The only difference is the the, garbage. The, the, the big,
1: like the NBA's got the NBA's got skill like that, but like athleticism separates. Obviously, athleticism separates like the two from each other. But then smart skills fundamentals. They're right. The women are the women are right up there with them, if not more.
0: Yeah, and I'd argue they have better fundamentals because the men don't learn them anymore. Like you see, you know, you nine teams, you eleven teams, you thirteen teams, they don't want to shoot threes. They don't want to, you know, shoot 30 footers. They're practicing 30 footers. They're practicing half court They're not practicing one dribble off the block hook shot. They're not practicing, you know, two dribbles into the paint floater. They're not practicing Driving to the lane and trying to go up through a big. They're not practicing that. They're not. They're practicing dribble behind the back, step back three from 35 feet. That's what they're practicing. They don't so have fundamentals to, anymore. They don't. They're trying to
1: practice which which play is sexier.
0: Exactly. They're trying to be Steph Curry. They're trying to be James Harden. They're trying to be. When no offense, n- how many people are Steph Curry? One guy. One guy Pretty is much. Steph Curry. You know, Clay Thompson, great shooter, not Steph Curry. Kevin Durant, great shooter, great three-level score, not Steph Curry. James Harden, great, great shooter, great score, not Steph Curry. Trey Young, great shooter, not Steph Curry. Luka I mean, Doncic, great could, shooter, I, not Steph I Curry. I could, I could argue his stud could be like that one day. Maybe, but guess what, Cage? We still got how many years to wait till, you know, little little Curry 3.0 comes out.
1: Man was man was practicing his shooting from the womb.
0: Like, you know, it it isn't fair to these little kids to try to, for them for not only people to allow them to train like, but attempt them to think they could be like Steph Curry.
1: Because I'm Mm -hmm. not saying
0: don't dare to drink, but I'm saying how many people are really like Steph Curry right now? Like, how many guys can do what he can do every single night? Night in, night out. And yeah, he obviously has bad shooting nights. Everybody does. But he consistently, more often than not, Hit shots that are ludicrous. And kids trying to replicate that at eleven years old is stupid. Is stupid. It's they even more be, ludicrous. They they should be driving to the lane, kicking out, sky hook, floater, lay up left hand, lay up right hand, dribbling, right hand, dribbling, left hand. Like they should be really learning the fundamentals to get to shooting thirty-five footers. Not shooting thirty-five footers and expecting the the, the the close game to work expecting, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to hit a midi if you can shoot a 35-footer. Because as we've seen with some players, they're very different. Trying to hit an 18-footer is different from hitting a 35-footer. They just are. Different arc, different, you know, different bodies, different different shape, different way, to look, different, different way the basket looks, different shot. So mm-hmm. let's move out. Let's work three feet out instead of 35 feet in. Because I guarantee you, shooting three feet out and going farther out is going to give you a lot, is going to pay dividends later than shooting 35 feet in. Yeah. So, you know, I just, and again, Swim Moon's ball is more system ball too, which also I think is more advantageous because not only are they running more things, so they get open more, you'd think, because mm-hmm. of that lack of athleticism, just being able to create your own shot by taking two dribbles and stepping back, like I'll say Jason Tatum, like Luka Doncic, like James Harden, like Steph Curry. They don't need a whole lot of room. You know, these girls maybe need a little more room. So guess what? They have to run stuff. They got to run scissors into a, you know, into a wheel action. They got to do that. Scissors meaning two players cut across the blocks going diagonally down the lane, basically. You go from, like, elbow to slot both ways, and you cut through. And then wheel meaning you run in a wheel where one player screens, one player runs up the wheel as a runner, and it's a blocker mover, but they call it the wheel action, depending on how you want to run it, regardless. You know? That's important to me. I wish kids ran more stuff and didn't just expect athleticism to get them through things. Because, yeah, it will. Like, we've seen guys come right out of high school and make it work because they're athletes. But I wish that these guys knew a little bit more about offense. So, like, hey, if the shot ain't going, let's run other things to try to get guys open. Maybe, just maybe that would help out. Now, actually, to the All-Star game. Uh, Brianna Stewart's team beat did beat A.J. Wilson's All Star team 143 to 127. Talk about a shootout!
1: What is this, the NBA? Yeah,
0: I know, eh? With that kind of scoreline, you got to think about it. You know, and I got to also be honest here, Caden. I don't, I haven't looked at the the men's All Star game minutes here in a while because who watches All Star games, especially the men's? Your lord, they're so they're so bad. But like, I'm looking at the like the distribution of minutes. Everyone's playing about. You know, 15 to, to 20 minutes. Everyone's playing about the same, which I really like. I kind of like mm-hmm. how everyone's playing, you know, evenly dis- distributed minutes. Obviously, it's kind of impossible to perfectly, e- equally distribute them. But it's still nice to see a lot of these girls played, like, basically half a game. Like, that's really nice. That, that's a positive. You're having a good experience at the All-Star game. Maybe you're first, like um, mm-hmm. like uh, Aliyah Boston. Yeah. Like her first all-star game. Rookie year. First All-Star game. She plays nineteen minutes in the starting lineup. Like that's cool. Like no one can say that's not cool. Right? Yeah. So you know, I, I really like the distribute the distribution, pardon me, of the minutes in this women's in this WNBA All-Star game. But Cajun, what'd you make of the game? Like and I slept through it, so I'll plead ignorance. What'd you make of the game? I mean, minutes distribution. Well, sure. When you look at
1: it firsthand, like the score pops out, it's a high-scoring game. But there, but there's a lot of talent around there. There's a lot of talent around there. Like it was kind of, it was kind of, it was kind of like New York Liberty versus Las Vegas Aces, like the 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 Super Team Edition. Because obviously, with Team Stewart, she go pick her girls, and, and then Team Wilson, she go pick her team. she go pick her homies? But there's a lot of good... But it isn't just the girls like Unescu or Asia Wilson or Stewart. You got someone like Drew Lloyd, who's really stepped it up in a big way. Since Stewart left left the storm, a game-high 31 points on 10 made threes. There's talent around... There was talent that was showcased in that all-star game and and i hate that it had to take a performance like from sabrina and Unescu in the three-point contest for the wnba all-star game to be showcased but it's refreshing it's it's refreshing to see a more positive outlook on the wnba and women's ba- and women's basketball just in general and Hopefully, like, and, and there's going to be more talent coming out, coming out of, uh, coming out, coming out of the college ranks too. Caitlin Clark, Paige from Yukon. It's women's basketball is in a really good place right. It, like, it's not in the greatest place right now, but it's, but it's pretty close to it right now.
0: A couple other names coming out of the women's rank. I'm not sure if Angel Reese is a top draft pick but i know she's obviously had a pretty star studded career out of uh, lsu they added hayley van light out of uh, louisville did those uh reigning ncaa women's champions lsu tigers which you didn't know is louisiana state university you know you've also again as you mentioned uconn under coach gino they got lots of girls coming out every single year they've had you know number one recruit after number one recruit after number one recruit Right, so they they've got a lot of talent. Obviously, that will go to the WNBA ranks. You've got some other great teams like the Gamecocks out of South Carolina. They obviously distribute lots of talent. Mississippi State distribute lots of talent. The SEC as a, as a whole, you know, so uh, the Southeastern Conference they just crush. They just, just they just fill the WNBA with talent, you know, and that will continue to, to continue to work. And with so little teams, only ten teams, I believe in the WNBA, five and five. Mm-hmm. That makes the talent pool really good. That's what people don't seem to get is when the NBA is 30 or 30. I think it's 30 teams in the NBA right now. It's 15 12 and 15. teams in the WNBA. What, sorry? 12 teams in the WNBA. So they're six and six. I couldn't remember if it was yep. six and six or five and five, but I knew it was even numbers. Mm-hmm. So the NBA is 15 and 15. There's 30 in the NBA. So because there's so many different teams, the talent is semi is equally distributed. The WNBA doesn't have that. Because there's only, there's only 12 teams, as you mentioned, Cajun. So mm. that means the talent is so compact in the WNBA. You don't know how talented you have to be to play in the WNBA? Like, think about it. Think about it if it was yeah. 10 teams. That means one-third of the players that play in the NBA would be able to play in the WNBA, not including the G League, not including Europe. Just mm-hmm. a third, 33% of players. So that, think about it, 33% of the NBA didn't exist, or th- just 33% of the league was 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 exist was in circulation. You know how talented those teams would be? Those would be genuine all-star teams. Mm-hmm. So the WMA is going to need to expand, not only because the sport's getting bigger, which I do think it is, as much as I know it does lose money. It will eventually make money. I have semi-faith that it will. Eventually, when people start realizing that these girls are, these women are so talented and are really good at what they th- do.
1: But see, that's the problem, and I don't think this is like an indictment of women's basketball, but it's an indictment of society, because let's be real here. Society, at least the ones that are prevailing on social media, let's just say are not the brightest. But I... But it is part. Of, but it is trending in the right. But at least for in the for the game of women's basketball, it is trending in the right direction. Right. It, it is trending in the right direction, and I just hope that it continues.
0: Yeah, I agree, and, and I'll, I'll elaborate you your meaning. So, Jideon, uh, a rather popular YouTuber in uh, in the U.S., has over seven and a half million subscribers on the platform. He pulled a prank, going to the WNBA game, going into going to a WNBA game and fake sleeping. He pulled the sleeping prank at a WNBA game. because he pulled that prank, the NBA has now banned him from any event that they host. Now, if you didn't know that the NBA has a stake in the WNBA. They do pay some of the WNBA bills. So, obviously, the NBA would not be impressed at a very popular person like Gideon doing something like this. And not only is it childish and, and all those things, that it definitely is. It was ignorant. It was childish. He shouldn't have done it. I think he knows he shouldn't have done it. I think he's come out and said he shouldn't have done it. But regardless, he did it. You you have to. Consequence, or Actions have consequences, and Gideon's going to deal with those consequences to his actions. Regardless of not wanting to do it or should not have done it, you have to deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. You know? You can have your cake and it every time. So he's been banned from going to the NBA events. And I think the NBA having this song of a stance, I think is important, but holding yeah. that stance, I think it's even more important. Not, not after a year or two, unless they've specified, you know, if the ban is an outright indefinite ban, leave it that way. Leave it that way. Don't fold after six months, a year, 18 months. Hold your position, show your solidarity, improve it. And that mm-hmm. might also garner some respect
1: across. and the i'm board. gonna and I'm gonna elaborate on like the entire thing. so he's he's a YouTuber that's been known for like these pranks before at games. He's been kicked out of games before. He's been kicked out of like sporting events before. You might have known him, you may have known him for having a haircut in the middle of a Timberwolves game, but Hey, it's the Timberwolves game. Come on now. Um, but um, we'll get to the Timberwolves and we'll get to the Timberwolves and in particular one delusional NBA player in a second, as Spencer would like to call him. Delusional. Um, but he's been known for doing all... He's been known to for doing all of this. And he did share this on a podcast afterwards saying he did have a good time there at the game and he almost quote-unquote was close to not doing it but he was convinced by some of his friends like sometimes some of your friends don't uh, don't have your best interests at heart and he did say he felt bad though and it was a quote-unquote and a bleep a dumb thing to do. So then why do it in the first place? So then why is like it's fun in games when you're having a haircut at an NBA game because like it's funny. It's legit it's legit funny, it's legit funny business to see. But in the in the essence of the WNBA, which is already disrespected as it is. You gotta know better. You gotta know better if you're just. You gotta know better that trying to sleep in the middle of an NBA game and WNBA game, what repercussions this might cause. And good on the NBA for actually taking a stance on this and banning and ba- and banning him indefinitely. Indefinitely. My only hope. My only hope, like you, Spencer, is that the NBA holds its the NBA holds its ground and. This is a statement that this is a statement from them not to mess with women's sports or, or women's bat women's basketball, especially the WNBA.
0: Yeah, again, hopefully they stick to their guns and do not allow the media or more importantly, Gideon's maybe fan base into giving him a quote unquote second chance because until you earn that second chance, you don't really deserve to get it. But regardless, jumping off the WNBA all-star game, I want to start off with. Devin Ham, or Darvin Ham, pardon me, before, before I messed that up. Darvin Ham, if you didn't know, is the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, again, as much as Cage and I love, love to dog on the most popular organizations, if that's Philly, the Sixers, if that's the Lakers, you know, and talk about the more lesser-known NBA teams, thus talked about especially. But Darvin Ham got himself in the media because, of course— After Mike Malone swept the, and Denver Nuggets swept the Los Angeles Lakers, people were calling, and and at the- NBA champion Michael Malone. And NBA champion Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets, after sweeping Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, on their way, on their route to the NBA championship, they swept Los Angeles, and at the ceremony in Denver after they won it, they were calling, they introduced him as the Los Angeles Lakers' daddy. Now, most of you might have laughed at that. Some of you might have thought that was childish. I don't really care on either. I I would think it's pretty funny. I would have probably laughed if I was there. But regardless, Devin, uh, Darvin Ham and the Los Angeles Lakers apparently weren't particularly half that occasion because Mr. Ham said on a podcast, quote, they were going to get him back. And he added a couple of cuss words in there as well. But he, you know, they're going to come back for him. And uh, that's where I got to say, what are you talking about? Are you sure about that? Are you sure? Garvin sure? are you sure? I'm not sure you're sure. I'm not sure he's going to be employed by the end of next year, but regardless of that, I'm not sure, Cajun. I'm not well, sure. He might, what do you actually, think? Actually, first of all, he'll probably be
1: employed by the end of next season. Um, man, really say, God, God bless his soul, this, this issue ain't over. Pour please. Ham please. We are Nola, we all low key Nola Brown runs the team. Let's be real here. Let's be real. Let's be real here. Um You y'all got nobody to guard. Let's let's genuinely talk about the Lakers' chances going up against the Nuggets right now because yes they did lose they did lose some depth in jeff green and the great bruce brown i know you're gonna be pissed off saying that here, here for, by me saying that but he is the great bruce brown um they lost some they lost some depth great you at know, what Thomas we don't Sprout. know
0: cajun but but the great yeah of course the great we don't know what he's great at cajun but yeah sure they're great okay uh, uh,
1: hey hey do it all do it all uh, guard guards one to uh, one to five better than lebron uh Bruce Brown, uh, NBA champion Bruce Brown, uh, might I add. But genuinely, the Lakers did have a decent offseason. They got all their key pieces back. They got, uh, they paid, uh, they brought back Austin Reeves at a reasonable deal, four years, $53 million. They got Rui, Vanderbilt. Believe they somehow got d into into the mix with a two-year, thirty-seven million dollar deal. So all the all the guys that were instrumental in their in that in that conference finals run for the Lakers is is back and having a training camp together. You might think of the possibilities that the Lakers could do with if healthy, but that's the problem. If healthy, you still got LeBron James and Anthony Davis, popularly popularly known as Data Davis. Who have a lot of mileage on their bodies, and genuinely, they do not have a big to guard Jokic, and that's the biggest issue. It was like Darwin Ham having the nerve to say this this ish ain't over. Find somebody to guard Nikola Nikola Jokic because that because 80 won't 80 can't guard him. Where you, who do you think guard him? Jared Vanderbilt, Hachimura. Like the one the one thing that did work for them like maybe three years ago in their bubble in their run and run to the title in the bubble was that they play was that they had physical bodies like Dwight Howard, JaVel McGee, to bully up to try to go at it with Nikola Jokic and save AD from that trouble. You have nobody like that on the Lakers side. Playing small ball against a guy like Jokic, who's has just as mu- has is, is IQ is unparalleled, just like LeBron's. That's not going to work. And until they get a big that can like tussle with Jokic and get him off of his game,
0: Michael Malone's going to be the Lakers' daddy. know we hear Daddy on a Polar Opposites episode. I sure as hell didn't. But regardless of that, regar- regardless of that, I-, I I just think it's even a comment from a guy who should have eaten it. You know what I mean? Like, you got swept. They go on to win the championship. The series wasn't really close between the LA and the Nuggets, in my opinion. Um. So... At some point, you got to kind of just sit there and take it, you know, Cage? Okay? Like, you got to, you know, kind of Batman's layer, like, sit there and think about what you've done and, and kind of take, you know, reap what you sow, if you will. Saying things on a podcast after they've won the ring, after they've got the championship, like, it just sounds like sour grapes from a guy who, no offense, is a loser, like you lost, okay? And that's fine. You know, not everyone's a winner. Reality. Not everybody's a winner. Not everyone can win. But being able to learn from those mistakes and being able to kind of, I'll say, get that ship on your shoulder of, okay, they got it last year. They had all that fun. They, you know, did this, did that, said this, said that, and using that as motivation. Not like two weeks after it happens, going on a podcast and airing it out. You know, like that, that's just, for me, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. And let me add to,
1: let me add to this. The Nuggets probably have the most stacked starting five out of any team in the NBA,
0: by far. And they didn't lose anybody. Like, as much yeah, as they much as we lose, lost this Brown in the sixth round, Sixth man, they still got MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. They still got Jamal Murray, who's been lo- who looked great during the playoff run. You know, no, Gordon looked great. Obviously, like, Nikola Jokic, right? As, as that like, connector, and in terms
1: of like the Lakers-Nuggets rivalry, they got one guy, if you can they, call it that. Yeah, uh, we gotta call it a. It's technically a rivalry because of like the words being thrown. Is it really? Probably not like the Lakers-Celtics of the eighties, but uh, modern day rivalry, shall we say? But they got a secret. We- uh, the Nuggets got a secret weapon, a former Laker who knows who knows LeBron's plays. Who, know, who knows who knows the the Lakers inside and out, and that's Contavious Caldwell Pope. And it's not because of, and I'm I'm playing. It's not because of that, but he's an underrated two-way piece for that for that Nuggets team. They just play well to, they just play well together. They're they're synchronized. They got they got a, they got great synergy. The Murray Jokic combo is the probably one of the best little big combos I would say since Shaq Kobe. That might be crazy. Just that might be crazy to say, but Murray's also a dog like that. I'm not saying they're on the same level as Shaq and Kobe, but we haven't seen some. We haven't seen a combo that synchronizes with each other so well since that. So, with all the with all the and and the late and on the Lakers side, there's always going to be some sort of turbulence when it's a Le- when it's a LeBron led team.
0: And the media and, is always around them, right, Katie? That also doesn't help. Absolutely. Like, the media is always kind of swirling, right? They're always the, – they're the sharks. You know, they're they're the, the, the wolves running over the three-legged cat, right? They're circling. So that also doesn't mm-hmm. help.
1: Yeah, and the media, on the other hand, doesn't do the same with Denver, and we've had a convo about this. But in this sense, this sort of helps – it sort of helps Denver because they can go about their business and not be – not be put under a microscope.
0: No, and that's definitely right. That they won't be ostracized for every little thing they do. Every little thing will not be digged in on as much as, obviously, the Lakers and even some teams like the Celtics and Miami. Like, it isn't comparable, which... Is as you said, is an advantage to the Nuggets, is an advantage to the Milwaukee Blocks with Giannis who do not get the same attention, even with those two amazing players on their teams, which still makes no sense, but regardless, regardless, that's what the media does. And that's what they're gonna do. And um
1: before we move any further, um, I know we talk about we, we just mentioned LeBron James. But prayers, man. Prayers to Bronny. Prayers to Bronny James. Um, he suffered a cardiac arrest while at a workout, while working out at USC. He's committed to USC for that if, for the upcoming season. He collapsed he collapsed and suffered a cardiac arrest at a workout on Monday. Now he said, and, and an ambulance had to be called, and he got transported to an hospital. It's now stable and out of the ICU, but Spencer, man, like hearing that, hearing that, it's scary, man. And eight, like, it's just scary to hear a young guy, like a young guy with as well conditioned as Bronny is, I would assume so because of, because of the amount of work LeBron has put in over the course of his career. I would assume like he 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 put his he he'd make sure his his kids are in tip top shape as well. That's every parent's worst nightmare to see your child go through that. And I just hope like and prayers prayers to Bronny, Bronny James, his loved one, his fr- friends, family, his loved ones. I just hope he gets through it, gets gets out of this and ball balls out and has a great has a. Not only a great career, not only a great career because, and we're not even talking about NBA career because that's, to this, that's to the wayside right now. A long and healthy life. Because something like this is just downright scary.
0: I, I want to echo what you said there about not only just, like, the basketball, speaking can slide that aside. Basketball career, obviously, if he wants that, that will come to him if he's able to physically. But hopefully that this cardiac arrest doesn't obviously happen again and that he can live a healthy and long life as long as you know he wants it to if you will but um i also do want to quickly say that do not ask those questions of is he vaccinated act vaccinated is he this is he that who who cares that is such have some empathy for another human being have some just be okay saying Thoughts and prayers, or whatever your equivalent is. I'm not religious. Just whatever whatever you're saying is when something bad happens, just say, hey, thoughts and prayers, thinking about you, whatever. Just say that. There's no point in trying to bicker about things, about politics and all that other garbage. Just leave it wayside. Just have some empathy for other human beings, and you'll be able to sit and say, hey, I hope I hope he's doing all right. I hope the James family's doing all right, and everything works the way it should and works out the best for everybody. Just wanted to say that because I'm getting, and, I'm getting sick and tired of that garbage about everything getting, coming political and all that garbage. Just have some empathy for other human being. Just have some empathy. But that's the problem. But that's the problem. Everything like, every, like people are putting politics aside before it, empathy
1: and humanity, and that's messed up. And, and, it's, it's, and big- it's messed up. Like I'm not like, it's I'm not, not saying it's right because it, I know it's getting, it's getting, it's getting worse, and, worse and, and
0: more visible. Well, I shouldn't say just worse. It's getting more visible as well, which makes it a problem.
1: Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's just, it's just, hard, it's just heartbreaking to see, like, people not having any empathy. Like, this is a, this is a child. That just This is teenager.
0: a child. He's a teenager. He's literally 17 turning 18 going into his first year of college. Like, Cajun, he's three years younger than me. I am born in 02, not I know he's 05 or 06. But he's two to three, three to four years younger than me. You're in your 30s, right? Sorry, like
1: 28. It's uh, uh, close enough.
0: Close you enough, know, close to like, 40. You know, like, this guy to us, this guy, you know, I was in eighth grade, this guy was in fifth grade, right? You know, you mm-hmm. were in eighth grade, this guy was a first grader. You know what I mean? Like, that's, you know, think about it that way. You know, think about, you know, when I was in grade 12, what year would he have been in? You know, he would have been a minor niner. If I was, in eighth, a, grade,
1: you know, if I was in eighth grade, man, he would have been three.
0: Yeah, right? Like, think about it, you know? So, just out there. Have some empathy for the, a fellow human being, you know, thoughts and prayers, put your hands up, whatever, but don't make it political for no other reason than because you want it.
1: There's just no, but that's the problem. But the, that's the problem. This is going to turn pol- political light. Oh, always, is, always right does. And, and, it, yeah. and, it's, and it's, BS. I don't want to say I don't want to say the word out there because I know we, we,
0: we assure we, we want like to keep, not, it clean.
1: We, we keep it clean, but it's some BS.
0: It, it is definitely disheartening to see those kind of things happen. And I want to something a little more positive. Before we get to the Jalen Brown contract it was signed today. Before we get to that, I want to give you this graphic here. So I was skimming through Instagram as I do. I don't like Twitter. Again, Twitter is the bane of my existence. The threads, I've I've never even touched and probably won't. But I do like excerpt? Instagram. I scroll through or Instagram. Or whatever, whatever that's called. Yeah, whatever called they changed the logo logo and name to now for Twitter, the X thing, whatever the gar- that garbage is. I, I like Instagram. <laughs> I scroll through Instagram. It's, it's my preference. So I was scrolling through, and I saw this graphic, Cage. I want to get your opinion. So it's these four teams, four, I'll say all-star teams, but four all-time teams. And I want you to tell me which one you think is the best and why. I want to have a little conversation. Okay? Because all these teams all right. are rather rather balanced. Obviously, they've all got great players. So it's hard to pick one. So team one is Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant. Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That is a really good team already, as it is. I know, eh? Again, that's the first team. There's four. Team two, John Stockton, Allen Iverson, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal. Ooh. Don't you like that, team? And now, here's three. Magic Johnson, Jordan, MJ. Oh, boy. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Dirk Nowinski, and Nikola Jokic. Ready for team four? Steph Curry, Dwayne Wade, Larry Bird. Wait, wait, hold up. D-Wade, Larry Bird. Larry Legend. Go on. Oh, sorry. Uh, and um, the power forward. Sorry, I just got texted, so I'm running around right now. Um, The mailman, Carl Malone, and ending off with Akeem, the dream Elijah Wan. Those are the four teams. Now, Cajun, do you like team one, team two, team three, or team four?
1: Man, this is tough. This is tough. But if we're th- but if we're thinking guys in their primes, I say take Team Four out of the picture because Karl Malone will get dummied by Dirk,
0: Duncan and Tim, KG, Tim. You think? Yep, yep. I mean, and he was all time. He was all time leading goal uh, point getter. Man, he was top top three dog. Yeah, but uh, here's the one part. Here's
1: the one part that I think people forget. He played his entire career with John Stocking, Stockton. Stockton's on his team. That uh, is fair. he got Steph Curry, though. Yeah, but it's a different... It's a di- it, Steph Curry doesn't really run the pick and roll like that.
0: The con- the, the connection isn't the same. That's fair. So um, team four of Curry, D-Wade, Larry Legend, uh, Larry Bird, Karl Malone, and Lois Juan, put out. Put out. Um, that leaves one, two, and three, Cajun. Who do you like? Because you can't really go wrong. In all fairness, but who do you like?
1: It's between Team One and Team Three. Because I think with the combination of Stockton and AI,
0: it, yeah, it, and then LeBron too, right? Like you have like two passers, and then obviously the ball dominant. Defensively, AI. they're
1: going to get. Defensively, they're going to get burned. The combination of Stockton and AI.
0: Well, and not only that, like Duncan. The only part that makes that a team interesting is Duncan because he's so not like non plus that like you know he's not gonna want the ball. So like AI and Shaq can like dominate the ball. You've got passers in Stockton and LeBron who can space the floor, and then you just got Tim Duncan who's just gonna stand in the, the post. Good, the but the shooting's not good enough. Oh I guess. Yeah, that is fair from outside. They're not gonna really able to space the floor like some of the other teams. That is fair, but I don't think team so, three can space the floor either, in all fairness. Team three? Dirk and Jokic? Well, but I'm I'm thinking Giannis though. Like, where is Giannis going to stand?
1: No offense. They, Giannis like, yeah. going can run at the the de facto five. Like, like I feel like it, honestly, it's tough for me between Team One and Team Three. But because of because of like the height and dominance that these five have brought, I'm gonna say Team Three.
0: I think the defensive team three is also going to be a difference because like no, I know Jokic is kind of a black hole, but having Magic, MJ, and Giannis, like those mm-hmm. three guys, Jesus, how are you going to break through that absolute wall, right?
1: And not only that, and not only that, they're not as they're not the spacing isn't as bad as you think because MJ is a decent shooter from outside. He's not the greatest, he's decent. Yeah, Magic, and Magic can keep you honest from behind the arc. To a certain degree, Dirk and Jokic are are the greatest big men shooters of all time. Arguably. Yeah. N- no offense to Kat or offense to Kat, I mean all the offense to K. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl yeah. Cat yeah. Um, Giannis is the only non-shooter in that lineup. To the like, and I mean non shooter So spacing the spacing concerns are a little bit overblown and their defense is going to be insane and i mean insane and they can and not only that they can get easy buckets and that's the biggest thing for me they can get easy buckets you know and can defend
0: you know what's amazing, Cage? I keep looking at all these teams, like I kinda keep thinking, like I like I really like Team One. Like I think Team One with having CP at the point who doesn't really need to score. You got obviously Kobe to his to his left, you got KD to his right. Both guys are elite shooters from any all three levels. You got KG, who is a really good defender and also is a really good scorer. And then you got arguably the the greatest center ever in Kareem Abdul Jabbar doing that goofy-ass skyhook that no one can stop, including the three guys going against in Jokic, Shaq, or Elijah Mm Mhm. And, like, it kind of feels like every team kind of picks at their own strength, right? Which, again, why it's so hard to pick between, you know, who is the best. And I I, I like your team pre-pick, but I'll be honest, that's not the team I would have picked.
1: Well, who would have been? Who would have been?
0: I agree with you that AI and Stockton's a weird fit. I do agree that Allen Iverson and John Stockton being your one two is a really weird fit, and as much as I think Shaq does take away from that problem because not only is he a great rim to rim protector, he also is lethal the pick and roll and can get those guys enough space to to operate, and obviously got LeBron James who's arguably the best player ever. Mm-hmm. I I really like that team four. Like I feel like Curry so good, arguably the best point guard out of the, out of the four there. You got D Wade, who is easily the worst three out of those four guys. Like the worst, or the worst two guard. Pardon me, the worst shooting guard out of those out of, out of those um, compatriots of AI, Kobe, and MJ. He's still really good, and I think he's a yeah. relatively plus defender. Larry Bird, talk about spacing. Carl Malone is lethal from the mid range. Yeah, you can talk about he played with John Stockton. You know, whatever illegal illegal defense. Yeah, but he's still sec- third right now in the world in points ever in the NBA. Guy's lethal from mid-range. And the came Olajuwon, one of the more underrated centers of his era. Like, think about it, Cajun. The greatest player ever, in most people's opinion, and MJ, not mine, but most people believe MJ's the best player ever. Juan went first in his draft, and no one argues MJ over Juan. No mm. one says Juan was a bad pick at number one. That's how good the dream was. Kim Olajuwon yeah. was so good, the best player went behind him in the draft, and no one complains about him being drafted before him. No one. Yeah. So that's how good Akim Olajuwon was. And I'm not saying he's better than Shaq or Jokic or even Kareem, but damn good player. Damn yeah. good player. And I want to—I'll I'll be honest, KJ, I don't think Team 4 would win. I want to see him on the floor. I want to see how it look. You know what I mean? Like I kind of mm-hmm. want to see how those pieces would move and how they'd mesh. Right? You could say that with all four teams, to be honest. Well, of course you could. Because again, these are some of the these are all amazing basketball players that are the best in the world at what they did at the time they did it, especially. Right? Mm-hmm. But it, for me it'd be so much fun just to watch that team four because you're thinking, okay, we well got Curry who can shoot the shoot the lights at the gym. You got Larry Bird, who was like the first guy to really do that. D Wade, who is plus at just about everything, in my opinion. Like, relatively, he's a plus at everything. I don't think Dwayne really had a flaw I think he's the game. greatest
1: shot-blocking guard in NBA history.
0: Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he was a plus at everything. Like, he was a gr- good defender, good shooter, good decent from passer. The from the mid-range. And he got better from three later in his career, I believe. Like, I, I don't later want to on, say his 3 point clip was, was great, but I feel like he got better as his career went on, especially when the game when he was a, game a, game he's, that he's way. He's like,
1: he'll keep you honest.
0: Exactly, which is all you need him to do when you got Curry and Larry beside him, Jesus, like he's mm-hmm. not like a black hole like other three point shooters. Like no offense to Giannis, but he's he's not shooting that rock if it gets to him. It's sticking. It's it ain't, it ain't moving. You know what I mean? He's let's got just try. let's
1: just let's just hope that that team does not play on Sunday, because as 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 a certain guy as by the name Scottie of Scotty Pippen? Pippen, the mailman does not deliver on Sundays.
0: Carl, oh, the man, the male manual liver on Sundays. As long as you get the free throw line, Cage, and we're good. As long as you get the free throw line. But <laughs> no, I just thought that'd be a pass. Because, like, I'll be honest, Cage, I was looking, th- I was, I, I looked at that graphic quick and in my brain, I was like, oh my God. Like, I don't know who is the best team there. Because, like, yeah, obviously you have the best players in the world, but like, they're kind of so balanced and they all do different things really well. Like, you can't, you know, not one team dominates any one category. Like, I think the best defensive team would be team one. That's because I love K, K, uh, KG and Kareem, because KD doesn't really play plus defense. Kobe plays plus defense, but that's not what he's great at. CP3 does not play plus defense, right? Unlike great Magic, at e- Magic, Giannis, and MJ, who play all plus defense. But then Dirk and Jokic are going to get bullied on the defensive end, but they're going to make up for it with how good they are offensively from the three levels, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're probably the best. They're, they're arguably the best inside scoring team with Jokic, Dirk, and Giannis, who are with two of those three also being great outside shooters. And you have MJ, who's arguably the best layup, the, the best within five feet layup guy in NBA history. Like MJ could make anything if he was near the net, dunk it, lay it up, contort. Like other than AI, maybe he's the best. And AI is on the other team with Stockton, who's the best passer ever. You got MJ or LeBron, who's another great passer. And you got the most arguably the most dominant big man ever in Shaq. Not best, but almost dominant, most And probably dominant, the best,
1: and maybe the best power forward in the ever. in Tim Duncan,
0: who gets disrespected because he was quiet. And mm-hmm. then again, you have the mailman, Carl Malone, third in league scoring ever. Larry Bird, one of the best three-point shooters. Steph Curry, the best three-point shooter. Dwayne Wade, who's a plus at everything. And Kima Elijah, who again was drafted before Michael Jordan, and was and is not called a bust, or called MJ should be drafted above Akeem Elijah. So. We couldn't have went wrong. I just thought it would be kind of fun to have that hypothetical of, you know, great team, great team, great team, great team. Oh, Jesus, who do you pick, right? Like, who would you pick up on a Sunday, you know? Friday night, beer league. Well, def- game, on a
1: Sunday, well, definitely not team four.
0: <laughs> for Friday night, you know, beer league game, you're pulling up the, the pro-am, and all of a sudden you got these four teams. It's like,
1: tough geez. for me between team one, honestly, because of, like, the versatility and the fact that, Dirk, Jokic, Giannis, MJ, and Magic—they're all dominant in their own sort of ways. That gives me the edge for Team Three over Team One because Team Two—you can pick on Stockton and AI. Yeah, they're
0: team, they're, they're an awkward fit.
1: Yeah, Team Four—how is Malone going to be without Stockton? Is he—he's—he's he's still a great player, but is he the same level of great as he was with Stockton? Yeah, back in the Utah days. It's questions with Team 2 and Team 4. There isn't really much of a question with Teams 1 and Teams 3. It's just Team 1 and Team 3 as as it is with Team 2 and Team 4. It's just like, who would you prefer? Me, I would prefer... Dirk and Jokic, two of the greatest shooting big men of all time with a dominant wrecking force in Giannis. And then you got who could be the best player of all time, like joining LeBron in that convo and MJ. And then Magic the OG point guard. Come on now. like that 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 team is going to be hard to not only score, on, but to stop on the inside.
0: Yeah, like it again, you're spoiled for choice, like who you want to pick. even if you want to pick that, you know that Stockton AI team, which again, you and I will admit, awkward fit, but like they they could beat you too. like they they could win a game. Like if these four teams play each other, you know eight or ten times each, you know, that team, too, would not lose every game. They would beat teams. They would find ways to win. They have talented guys. They have ways to win. It's just mm-hmm. they would win less than these other the other teams, and I agree with you. Team 1 and Team 3 are, are the cream of the crop. I personally, I got to be honest, man, Team 1, the length, the size, because KD's not a plus defender, but when he's, like, 7 feet with KG, who's about, about 7 feet, maybe 6'11", 6'10", you got Kareem seven 7'2", like, you know, Kobe, bigger guard. I, I like I like those guys. I love the fit, and then CP3, like the perfect, other than maybe Sockton, the perfect point guard for those for those guys. Like, but then you just, if
1: you're talking about length and versatility, I'm like all the team three has that.
0: Yeah, no, team three does have. You're right. You're right. They don't have the defense on the inside, in my opinion, Well, other than maybe Giannis. But you know, I I I I love. I just love, I thought we would have fun with that conversation. Next up, I, I'm gonna go to Scrabble. Okay, then I'm gonna go to Scrabble. I only okay. got two names again. Two names, two weeks. thought you'd have fun. I was going to put Jalen Brown up here, but I thought there was no point. Because, again, Jalen Brown will be our last topic of the afternoon. But uh, $300 million, man. Yeah, the $300 million, man. Jesus. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I got two names for you, Cajun. Okay. You ready for name number one? Yep. Name number one is R-N-I-G-T- R-N-I. C O R A N This spelled right, right? I'm going to make sure. Yep. And I've double checked both of these names so I know I've spelled them right. Like I know the letters are jumbled up but they're the right the right letters. I have messed this up again. Okay, I promise. I pro- I promise. And you will know who this is. I guarantee you know who this is. That's not, not my voice to tell us. Carrington? It is. DeJone Carrington. Three-point competitionist for the WNBA. And then the last one, which, again, I know you're going to get, but I thought I'd throw it on there anyway. S-I-E-O-U-N-C. UNESCO. You would be correct. So you are again two for two today, and that makes fourteen sure,
1: or fifteen, baby.
0: If that I ain't is, the Raptors, baby. You're not the Raptors with the, with Demar Derozan's little girl in the front row just yet. Again, I gotta Alert. get a couple. I gotta get a little harder names here, but you know, I yeah. I,
1: but no matter how many names you put, like it, like I'm already like over fifty percent to the point where I ain't the Raptors.
0: Well. At this point, I, I got to come up with some really good names for you to start dropping that percentage just a little bit. But as we talked about, uh, I was going to put in the scrabble, but thought Brown was a little too easy. Jalen Brown signs a brand new Supermax. Five years, three hundred and four million dollars, averaging out to a little over 60 million dollars a season. Now, that puts him well into first in base salary. Right now, first is Steph Curry. At, uh, before this contract, it was Steph Curry at basically $52 million a season at 51.9 per season at a base salary. So this means Jalen Brown blows Curry out of the water with this new contract. And now, again, I will not try to convince anyone that Jalen Brown is anywhere near as good as the guys that are in this top 10 ish list of contracts and Curry, LeBron James, Joel, Joel Embiid, you know, Nikola Jokic, Bradley Beal all up here, but Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Kawhi I mean, Leonard, Giannis, Biel. you know, like in, in fairness, he's not better than a lot of these guys in the top 10, you know, 11, 12 NBA players in salary. He isn't. And he's sure as hell not nine million dollars better, eight million dollars better than Steph Curry. That's that's just There's no way of of trying to sell you on that. But I I will say...
1: I I don't even think he's better than Pascal. I'm I'm just kidding. kidding.
0: Before before I walk over in the room and slap you upside your head. (laughs) Because Cajun, thank goodness, is in the other room so I can't just walk over and slap him in my room. But regardless, you know, Jalen Brown is not worth $60 million. I am a Celtics fan. I love Jalen Brown. I am happy to hear him be able to stay as a guy in green and white. But... He's not worth sixty million dollars a season. He just ain't. But in my opinion, in three years when the salary cap goes up exponentially due to the China deal, due to the the lack of COVID really being a factor in the sponsorships and in the way the world works, in three years, I expect sixty million dollars will not be as big an eyesore as it is right now. I feel like in three years it will be more of a norm when more guys sign these disgusting. Supermaxes that are being handed out. So, as much mm-hmm. as again, yes, 60 million bucks for Jalen Brown, who apparently can't dribble through two people, is a problem. It will not be in a matter of a couple of seasons. And that's what I'm holding out. That's where I, as a Celtics fan, I'm holding out for is that middle ground in between right now and when that deal is basically what the average player, or not the average player, but the average two option on their team gets. Right? That's what I'm waiting Mm -hmm. for. And Jalen Brown's a good player. Like I let's make sure we say that too. Like obviously again, I I can't say it enough times. I can't reiterate it enough. He's not worth $60 million. Jalen Brown's a good basketball player. Jalen Brown's not a bum. Jalen Brown's not Kwame Brown, not javel McGee, not Bruce Brown for Christ's sakes. He's a really good basketball player. Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown's second best player on the second, third best, second or third best team right now in the East. If not the best team in the East. And the only guy behind, the only guy, the only, the only guy in front of him right now is Jason Tatum, who's arguably a top five player in the NBA and could have been an MVP last year if he had played a little better at the end. Tail end of the year, he kind of lost his footing in that race. But by half season, by halfway through the NBA season, Jason Tatum was in the mix for MVP votes. So, mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Brown is a really good basketball player, and I feel like he'll work his way into the sixty million dollar contract. As most other players do with the Supermaxes after their rookie deals or their second their deal after their rookie deals. So he's not living
1: up know. to 60 million. He's not living up to 60 million. And it's not an indictment on Jalen Brown. There's only a certain amount of players that are worth that amount of money for me.
0: And and, Jay, and, and honestly, Tate, or, uh, Cajun, Jason Tatum is one of them. His teammate, Jason Tatum, is one of those guys who's probably worth about that, you'd think. If he isn't yet, but he's
1: close. He's close. He's, he's close. close. He's close. But Jalen Brown, no, he's not living up to that contract. But it's not an indictment on him. It's just like you gotta be a certain. To me, you gotta be a certain type of player. At least for me, like Curry, LeBron, KD, Jokic, Jokic. that level, Giannis, that stratosphere. Jalen Brown's not even close to that stratosphere.
0: And no offense to Jalen Brown, who again I'm a big fan of. He he never will be. Like mm. in, in all, in all likelihood, he'll never, he never will be Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic. And, but again, you know, I, I don't want to take away from Jalen Brown is a, is a really good score, plays really good defense, plays plus defense. Like he, he is a really good basketball player at both ends of the floor. He just isn't a star. He isn't a superstar. He isn't a generational talent and he's being paid like one and he'll be expected to be one. Again, the other sad part about this is Cage, which I think you'll agree with me on this. They had the Celtics had to do this. Like there was no other way this deal was getting done. The media was saying get this Supermax signed. I said the fans were saying get, get the Supermax signed, just swallow the pill, of having to pay him a ludicrous amount of money because the reality is Cage, the Celtics couldn't replace him. And I know you you told me before the broadcast. And I expect you I expect you're going to make this point that they, they could have tried to get assets that equaled out to Jalen Brown. They weren't gonna get a guy like Jalen Brown in a trade. They just weren't. Yeah, they weren't well, gonna get that guy. They weren't gonna get a guy that good at
1: offense. Well, when you're defense. trading a guy as good as Jalen Brown, you're not gonna get the same sort of talent back. But you can get a better fit back because right now the biggest issue is that they don't have a guard. They don't. They do not have a up. point guard. They don't have a point guard specifically, unless, unless you want to rely on. Unless you really want to rely on the combination of Brogdon, Derek Pritchard. White, and Peyton Pritch- Pritchard, 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 which is. Yeah. Don't know and, about that.
0: And honestly, and a, another thing, Cajun, to bring up with the Celtics team, and I know again I have a little more um, knowledge, of course, because I'm a Celtics fan, is there is a, a, a guard that was on the bet that got drafted last year, I believe, in the second round or late first round. In, in, uh, I want to say it starts. It's the first name starts with a J, but it's, his last name is Davidson out of Alabama. And, JD Davidson. Yeah, and he, yeah, JD Davidson, and Davidson is a really good passer. Obviously, he's got some flaws in his game late first round, early second round pick out of Alabama. There's reasons why he didn't play basically any minutes last year, but maybe this trade of Marcus smart to not only make the money work for Jalen Brown. Maybe it's because, you know, second, now second year head coach Joe Missoula has seen something from the bench guards. Cause in Peyton Pritchard requested a trade, he will no longer be treated because they got rid of Marcus smart, unless they're adding a better point guard. They have hmm. obviously D white and, um, as you mentioned, oh dear goodness, who else did you mention? So, those Malcolm, the only Brogdon? Two. Malcolm Brogdon, pardon me. I forgot about him because he was supposed to be the other guard getting dealt before they traded Smart because of his injuries. Before his injury, mm-hmm. pardon me, that he had that now he should be good to go from they didn't have surgery during the off season. But maybe that's it. Maybe that maybe JD Davison will be a bigger impact player. And if that's true, this this will look better. Not great. It won't still will not be optimal, but it will be better if Pritchard takes a step forward, if has takes a step forward, if Brogdon's healthy, right? Like, that's the thing. There's a lot of things that have to go right for this to look good for the Celtics, compared to if things go, I'd say, the more likely way, and things won't look as good. Mm-hmm. So, that's my only hope as a Celtics fan, is that this is a move that you know, that um Brad Stevens in the front office has looked at and has talked to Joe Missoula and they've made that decision together. And it's not just Steve making the or Brad pardon me making the uh, making the trade work, making the money work. Hopefully it was a conversation where okay, you know, JD's gonna make gonna make that jump, Pritchard's gonna make that jump. They already got D White and Brogdon. They're happy with what they have and mm-hmm. not just hoping in magic beans. They're not hoping that jump will happen. They haven't seen it yet. They're going to hope it happens, right? Hopefully they've seen it in practice and that the jump is made and the fans see it, right? That's the hope.
1: Yeah.
0: right now, again, we haven't seen it. So right now you and I are speculating that, you know, what right now with the way the team roster looks, they need a point guard. They need a point guard in a bad way. And I don't know where it's going to come from, right? I mm-hmm. don't know where it's going to come from. Hey, Big Rob. Yeah, exactly. And you've been talking about that a while here, Cage, on on this pod. That that you know, Robert Williams is an underrated passer. And I've seen from reports on my uh, uh, on the Boston Wire that he's improving his mid-range game. And if that's true, and Robert Williams is not a black hole from not saying you know 25 feet, I'm saying 18 feet. I'm saying 20 feet. He consistently hit jumpers at that free throw line area. it will be dangerous. Teams will have to key out him on him on offense, not only, again, on how good he is defensively. Key out, key out on him on defense.
1: Call me crazy on a team like Boston. I don't think he even needs to do that because look at Giannis.
0: That, that, exactly. He can be, but the best part is, Cage, he can be that main, I'll say main facilitator, but a facilitator in the offense and be able to shoot from 20 feet, shoot from 18 feet consistently-ish because there mm. be, there's going to be kicks. If he's just working on this, like if he's just really putting effort into it this summer to get better at it, to be able to facilitate more, you know, yep. there's there's gonna be kinks, there's gonna be nights where he shoots two for thirteen. That's just gonna happen. That's reality. But if he can increase the clip and be and 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 be more consistent as well, and be a good passer like he's been, and be a plus defender which he's been. I mean, Robert mm. Williams, again, as I've said since he was drafted and has really made his leaps and bounds into the starting lineup for the Celtics, he's the star that stirs the drink. He's the reason why the Celtics are going to be a great basketball team or not. Because, again, you know Jalen Brown's good. You know Jason Tatum's an MVP candidate. You know what you're, you were getting out of Smart and, and Grant Williams, which are now what Malcolm Brogdon, D. White, Peyton Pritchard, you know, poor uh, Porzingis. It's Robert Williams. If Robert Williams is a great passer. Does improve that mid range game, and again, is that great defender? We know he is. Like the sky's the limit for that team. It's just can mm-hmm. Robert Williams stay healthy? Can Robert Williams be a, a plus shooter and be a plus passer? Remains to be yeah. seen. But I think he could do it. I know you think he could do it because again, you know we want to we want to plant our flag as a, as, a, as a Marquise Noel fan fanboys, especially for me. We're Robert Williams fans. We let I love that guy. Love that kid. Got a got a jersey of him for a reason. Love Robert Williams. Love Time Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know he's a fan favorite in Boston, kind of like Marcus Smart was. We're fan- Boston likes certain players. They love guys like Marcus Smart. They love guys like Robert Williams. So, you know, are pulling for him. And we hope that he can make those make those adjustments, make those um, leaps. Because if he can, the sky is the limit for Boston, man. The sky is the limit. And at East, it's only getting better. In the Eastern Conference, it's only getting better, especially mm-hmm. at the top. Yeah, especially at the top, and then you got young teams like Pistons. Eventually, Detroit's gonna find the right mix with all those guards. They're gonna find the right mix, you know. Charlotte should eventually get better.
1: Should don't eventually. count on that.
0: Especially with Michael Jordan finally selling his shake shares to the team, and they f- finally get a good owner. Hopefully, that won't meddle in everything. They'll James make
1: Stolen really was the only person that voted against that sale. That's crazy.
0: Well, because he, maybe he thought that's the only owner worse than me. <laughs> the only owner worse than me is Michael. Keep Michael in. He'll make me look good. Now James Olin's really the sitting duck as probably the worst owner in the NBA, other than maybe the Minnesota Timberwolves you and I talked about, because they've always been bad. Timberwolves have never had sustained success in their history. Never had sustained dog-ish. success. Doggish. Doggish. Without using that word, doggish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah they've been pretty uh, pretty horrible in their history. Same with the Charlotte Warren, and same – in the last 20 years with the New York Knicks. But, you know, again, remains to be seen if those organizations will ever turn it around, fully turn it around, because the Knicks will stick around this year, but still, turn it fully around, be like title contenders, because the Knicks are not that. They're not that. They're playoff contenders, but mm-hmm. they're not title contenders. And they won't be until they, I'd say, majorly improve that lineup. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think they need a tweak. That's the funny part. They made the second round last year, Cage. And I don't think they're, I don't think they're a minor tweak away. Usually teams make second round, you're like, okay, small tweak. They're there. Like I feel like the team they beat, the Cavs. I think Cleveland's closer than the Knicks to a championship. I genuinely believe that. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers with like a maybe a small tweak, health going their way. I feel like they're a closer title contender than the Knicks are, who beat them in the in the first round.
1: I honestly think they need a better I honestly think something's gotta give with that too big lineup though.
0: There's going to be more Bobley and uh and Allen. Yeah, because they don't have
1: they they have the guards, they have the bigs, but they don't have that wing. And you need a wing to win a title.
0: That's yeah, exactly. They need that one switch with the Knicks. You don't really see that, right? Like I love R.J. Barrett, not been as advertised. Not a big Julius Randle fan. I know you're not, not a But
1: something. Fan. But R.J. Barrett showed something in that playoff run to to make you think he could he could reach that step soon.
0: Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jalen Brunson had a great end of the year. Had a great second half. Um, I don't even know who their two guard is on the top of my head because I know Jalen Brown. Josh playing, Hart. No, uh, I'm Josh Hart. I was thinking quickly, uh, quickly as well. talented a guy off the bench, I believe. I think he also started some minutes there too.
1: You know, RJ. Plays, and then they just eight. added, and they and just then, added Dante Di- DiVincenzo,
0: who's a good bench scorer as well. He'll definitely add some add some bite to that bench. And Man. he plays bigger than he is. Yeah, that's true as well. He's a he's a plus, yeah, I don't a plus defender, but he definitely know he's a, he's a decent defender. He won't be a black hole. Mm-hmm. On the and obviously, I think you have Mitch Robinson playing center, who's literally just playing rep protection. He's not scoring the basketball intentionally. He's not touching the ball in offense unless he's just doing a little grab and throw. He did, he did. He did punk Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, though, which was shocking to see. Exactly. But how many times is that going to happen, right? Like, that's not going to happen. You wouldn't think it happens more, you know, more often, right? You'd think I didn't think it uh... was going to happen during that playoff run, but it did. But it did. So, we'll see so if they can keep it going, though, because... Maybe the Knicks will prove us wrong. Maybe the Knicks will prove me wrong. I don't do a lot of talking right now. Probably more talking this episode I've done in any Polar opposite episode, but regardless, you know, mm. it'll be interesting, interesting to see how the East shakes out. Because, you know, Murray. the Cavs should get better. The Knicks should get better. The Bucks should get better. You know, obviously, you still got the Sixers, still got the Celtics. We'll see if Either of them make make any improvements, or if they fall down the of rankings, to do all the other teams moving up. You know, you got the Pistons, who should improve with getting Kate Cunningham back. I can't remember who they drafted. Did they get one of the Thompson brothers? They get Ensuer.
1: Wait, who are we talking about? Detroit.
0: Detroit. They got Ensuer Thompson. Oser, yeah. Yeah, Oscar, pardon me, Oscar Thompson. And um, you know, other teams in the you know the Raptors. If they sell to an Eastern Conference team, do that team get better with whoever they get? You got to expect Indiana's going to make improvements, you know, with their young mm-hmm. core, their young nucleus. And if they make a trade for Siakam, how much better are they going to get? You know, so many moving pieces in the Eastern Conference still. You know, Miami. If they figure things out with Lillard, they went to the NBA Finals. Yep. Like they Miami, went to the NBA Finals. And they were enough. they and they were a play in or just about. No, they were a play in before I messed that up. Right. So. Eh, Man's gonna go. have
1: a, a man as a Boston fan is gonna have nightmares of Max Druse and Gabe Vincent.
0: Uh, and don't even remember that Caleb Martin bum B U M bum. If he's a bum, then so so is the rest of that Celtics roster. Stop playing with me. Oh, oh no, they played like bums in that conference final. They they're not bums. Ex- exactly, but hey, but they played like bums when it mattered, right? So they bums until proven otherwise. It it, it happens, but again, if, if Jason Tatum doesn't roll his ankle in the first thirty seconds of that game, the game. I still think. I still think is, they would have lost. The game I, is different, and you can't convince me otherwise, Cage. I'm not gonna say they wouldn't lose, but I'm telling you, the game would have been different if Tatum doesn't roll his ankle in the first thirty seconds of the game. Yeah, I but that Celtics team always I jacks up I turned on the TV, Cage, into seeing a replay of Jalen. Uh, Jason Tatum rolling his ankle and being hurt, and I knew in that moment, oh no, they're gonna lose. So, and I, I'm a, I'm not an optimistic viewer of, t- uh, of sports either. I am normally on the, the more antsy side when it comes to my teams when I watch. But the moment I saw Tatum roll his ankle, I'm like, all this game's over. There's like, there's very little chance that Celtics win now. Still I hope. Still was watching. Still was trying to be behind my team, but the moment I see Tatum go down, there wasn't a whole lot of faith there. Wasn't a whole lot of faith. Not for me, at least.
1: I don't know, man. The way the way their play style was, they played. The, that was just a talented team that just played like a bunch of idiots, jacking up threes and all that. I'm like, what are you, What are we doing?
0: Like uh, in the in the, the words of Spencer, what are we doing? What are we doing, Cajun? I I say that a lot watching sports. What are we do? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> but uh. after almost an hour of uh, our, our two-week edition of, of Polar Opposites, episode number five, as you said. Again, thank you, Cajun. I think we'll wrap it up. I think, mm-hmm. I think we've got enough. So, uh, for Cajun Thiru Thanny Castle. I'm Spencer Byers. Thank you so much for tuning in to the fifth episode of Polar Opposites. We'll be back next week. For sure, no ball hockey, nothing getting in the way. We'll be back next week, Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll be back on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you prefer to watch, listen pardon me, to this on. Or watch, you know, if you want to close your eyes and imagine us talking to each other, yelling at each other, because Cajun's usually wrong, as he is. But anyway, again, you for Cajun. You were saying I was
1: right a whole bunch of times today, though.
0: Ah, uh, I dead clocks right twice today, Cajun. For Cajun. Uh, or in this, Thieru, or in this, Thieru,
1: this case,
0: Thanny like, Cassidy. nine times? Uh, I mean, I'll mean, i let you believe that. Nine times out of 100, be, Cajun. Nine times out of 100. But for Cajun, thiru Danny Castle, I'm I'm Spencer Byers. Thank you so much for tuning in to Poll Office. And see you next week. That is still a boom. Cat is syllable.